So welcome back. We are on chapter two. Just to review, we, we, last night we did all of chapter one. Chapter one is a very, very short chapter. And um, Rebbeinu Bechaya said at the very end of the introduction that we're basically going to go through seven concepts, seven concepts, seven chapters. And he said the first concept, which is the first chapter, is what is Bitochen? What is it? And we basically answered that question and said, it's a feeling. It's a feeling of tranquility. It's a feeling of security. It's when you can relax. When you have bitochen, it's a feeling. It's not a concept. It's not an idea. It's a feeling. It's relief. Rebbeinu <laughs> B'chayi doesn't say this, but I'm saying it. It's palpable. You feel it in your gut. It's not conceptual. When you have bitochen, you can breathe. You know, it says when, when, when Mesha came to the Yidden, when they were in Mitzrayim, and he told them, good news, we're going out of here. It says they couldn't even hear him because of the Koitzer Haruach. Koitzer Haruach literally means I can't breathe. You know, when, when I'm uptight and I'm trying to control a situation that's uncontrollable, then there's all types of phys- physiological things that happen. And, and I get tight and, and my body tightens up. And one of the things is, I'm not breathing well, shallow breathing. And, 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 and when I have bitochen, when I can let go and let God, quite literally, you feel that release. And you can breathe again. So um, what is bitochen? Chapter one, what is bitochen? Bitochen is a feeling, and it's a feeling of relief and release and tranquility and calm. Okay, the second matter was, what are the causes of bitochen. In other words, what preconditions must be met for one to reach this state of relief and calm and tranquility? And that's what we're going to be talking about here in chapter 2. Okay, so let's take a look in the text. Perek Sheni, chapter 2. Ahasibes asher bohen yitochen habitochen the causes that make it possible for one to have trust in another, even among created beings. We're not even talking about having betochen in Hashem right now. We're talking about just trusting anyone or anything. The causes that make it possible for one to have trust in another are seven. And we're going to enumerate these seven preconditions that allow one to have trust in someone or something. Achas mehen, the first one. Horachimim v'hachemla v'ava. Those are pretty much synonyms. You know, I bought the world's worst thesaurus. Not only was it terrible, it was terrible. Anyways, um... These are somewhat like synonymous words. These are synonyms. By the way, have you taken the synonym challenge? Okay, these are synonyms. By the way, I was given feedback. I was told, I was told by people, you know, I, you know, a lot of people tell me. People tell me things. Anyways, no, I got feedback. Someone said, you know, when I'm, when I'm watching this year, if you put in little, uh, you know, jokes here and there, it helps me to, you know, to, to hold my attention. So... 
Anyways, I'm, uh, that's why I do it. Okay. And we're gonna, actually, we're going to put out an edited version of this year without any jokes for the serious people who don't, they don't need that. They don't want that. Okay. And then we're going to put out another edition that's only the joke. <laughs> Just to crack me up. Okay. Anyways. Um, so these are synonyms here. Rachamim, Hemla, Ava, uh, compassion, empathy, love. Because if a person recognizes that his friend has compassion and empathy for him, then he'll trust in him. He's able to calm down. He's able to be tranquil. Whatever burdens he places upon him, whatever I ask you to do for me, I can relax. I can know it's, it's done. You're going to take care of it. Why? Because you're compassionate and empathetic and loving. So that's the first precondition, that the one that I'm going to trust has to be loving. Okay. Vahashenis, and the second thing, The knowledge that in addition to loving him, his friend does not disregard him or neglect his wishes. See, sometimes a person can love you, but they don't really think about what, what is good for you. So it's a nice feeling, but it's not going to get translated into, into action, or it's not going to be the right action. So for the person might be, uh, be ignorant of, uh, or, or here it says, misatzel bechavtza, he's, he's either misalim, meaning he ignores, uh, or misatzel, he, he's lazy to fulfill it. So misalim is, you know, he doesn't want to know about it. And misatzel is, he might know about it, but he's saying he can't be bothered to take care of it. It's like the difference between ignorance and apathy. You know the difference between ignorance and apathy? I don't know, and I don't care. Think about it. Okay. Avalhu yeideyabai shuhu mishtadal umaskim la But rather, he 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 strives and is resolved to fulfill the person's wishes. Ki imloi yisbara loi mimenu kolzeh. Because if this is not clear, if all of this is not clear to him. He will not have full trust in him, even if the first condition is met, and he knows that the guy is a loving guy. Because he knows that the guy ignores him and is weak, is uh, lax in uh, pursuing his, his good. However, but if the person has both of these midas, he has the first one, which is chesed, kindness, love, compassion, empathy, which are all synonymous words. Plus, he knows he's attentive. He actually is paying attention. So if he combines those two, both, he has great compassion upon him. That's the first precondition. And hashgacha, he pays attention to him. Then the combination of those two, two things, he will trust him without a doubt.
Vahashlishis. And the third thing, Shiyechazak, that the person you're trusting in is strong. He will not be defeated in that which he desires doing. He will not be held back by any obstacle, prevented from doing the, the requests of the one who trusts in him. Because if he is weak, if the one you're trusting in is weak, then the trust in him won't be complete. Even though the first two preconditions are met, that he's merachim, he's compassionate, and he's mashkiach, he pays attention, but he doesn't have the third thing. He's not chazak, he's not strong, so then the trust won't be complete. Many things will be prevented from him. He won't be able to do it. He just won't have the yechilis. He won't have the ability to follow through. But if all three of these attributes are found in one entity, the, the trust in him will be even more fitting. Okay. Varavias and the fourth precondition that would elicit trust. He knows the ways in which the interests of the one who trusts in him can be served. He's never unaware of that which is beneficial to him, both inwardly and outwardly, and that which can improve his situation. Because if he doesn't know all of this, the one who trusts in him cannot really rely on him. But when you combine all these factors that uh, he has knowledge of what the person needs. And uh, also, he has the ability to follow through. And he has attention, he's focusing on him, not ignoring. And he is compassionate. Then, no doubt his trust will be strengthened. So here, what's this fourth factor? This fourth factor is that he actually knows what's good for the person who's trusting him in him. The first thing is that he's kind. The second thing is he's paying attention, not ignoring. He's attentive, right? The third thing is he's strong. You mean he has the ability to follow through. The fourth thing, though, this is he's discerning. He actually, he's smart. By smart, I mean not book smart. I mean he knows what's actually helpful. And that, that's a tough one. You know, it, it, let's think about even ourselves when we are the ones who others are trusting in and we're trying to be helpful. Maybe we are compassionate, like the first condition, and maybe we are uh, attentive, like the, second, uh, like the second condition. And maybe even in this particular thing the person is trusting in us for, we, we are chazak, we're, we're, we're strong, we have the ability to follow through. But sometimes we lack the fourth thing, which is just knowing what's the, the right thing for this person. You know, I, I saw a vort once. It says, when, 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 when Yasef came to Yankovavino on his deathbed, 
Yanko Vino tells him that um, he told him, do for me chesed ve'emes, kindness and truth. And Chazal explained, chesed shel emes, a kindness of truth. And what, what is chesed shel emes? Chesed imamesim, kindness that you do for the dead. Meaning in this context, Yankiv was asking Yosef for burial. Don't let them bury me here in Mitzrayim. Take me to uh, Eretz Yisrael, to Hebron, to the Manas Machpelah, and bury me there. Okay. But what did I see? I saw someone says, you know, when you when, Chesed is not enough. Chesed is not enough. I know the Beatles said all you need is love, but somebody told me I shouldn't have mentioned John Lennon and uh, Lahavdil Bob Dylan in the first class, but I did. Now I mentioned the Beatles, but I said it to be Shoilo. It's not, not enough. All you need is love. Um, it's not enough because uh, sometimes you're doing chesed. You know, I get the, these questions all the time from parents. You know, you, you're worried. You know, sometimes when a child is struggling and you're worried, are you helping them or are you hurting them? You know, my, my child didn't do his homework. Well, should I stay up all night and, and do it with him? I, I, I don't know. Um, he forgot his lunch. Should I bring it to school? From I don't know. You know, is it helping or is it hurting? And then you have like really super dysfunctional cases where somebody is is not is not not living uh, in a in a in a responsible adult way. They're not functioning. And then the, always the question is: Am I being an enabler? Am I being a codependent? And it's, I'm not going to answer these questions here and now. But I'm saying that's always such a difficult question of. You know, even when I'm being kind, especially when I'm being kind, how do I know it's the right kindness? How do I know the kindness that I'm doing is the right kindness? So chesed shel emes means that it's truly kind. What's chesed shel emes? Chesed imamesim. When we deal with living people, we never know if the kindness we're giving them is truly kind. If we're really helping, or chas maybe we think we're helping, but we're hurting. The only person we know exactly what he needs, we know we can't be hurting his situation, is with a, with, with a mace. You, you, can't, you can't hurt his situation. You can only help, and you know exactly what help he needs. He, need, he needs kvura, he needs to be buried. So that's chesed shalemis. Everyone else, it's like, who knows? Who knows if it's really kind? So that's the fourth condition. Um, Rebbeinu Bechaya mentioned that the person has to know what's good for you, and, and he, he gave us two words also. He mentioned benister ubenira, in a concealed way and in a revealed way. What, what does that mean? That means even if a person, and this is based on the pas lechem, the commentary of the pas lechem, he says, even if a person knows, let's say, that right now something's good for you, but he may not know the cause and effect he may not be able to predict the chain reaction of events, you know, the butterfly effect, so to speak. So the Pas Lechem gives an example. You have an opportunity to make your friend a commander in the army, which he's very happy about, and, and he, he wants to be a commander in the army, and you get him that job. But then uh, what happens is he goes out to war, and he gets taken prisoner, becomes a prisoner of war. So did you help him? Did you really help him? Was that good for him? 
You thought you were doing good. Maybe immediately you were doing good. So maybe benigle, in a revealed sense, it was good. But minister, in a hidden way, in a way that you know, nobody could have foretold, it was actually not so good. Although, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if I can relate to the marshal so well because I wouldn't want my friend to, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want her to be a commander in the army. That's too dangerous. Um, but that's, that's the marshal of the Paslachim. Anyways, I'm sure we could come up with uh, modern Mishalim. Okay, let's, let's continue here. V'chamishis, and the fifth precondition that elicits trust. Wow. The one who trusts is under the exclusive care of the one in whom he trusts from the beginning of his existence, in infancy, childhood, youth, manhood, and old age to the end of his days. He's always, he's always been under this person's care and always will be under this person's care. You know, when it comes to uh, politics, you do a favor for a politician, right? Or you, know, you make a donation, and then uh, how long can they help you? They only have a term of office for so long. Maybe they're gonna get voted out, right? So there could be a change of regime, and we don't really know if this person is going to always be there. However, if all of this is clarified, the first four conditions, can we remember what those are? That, that he's kind, that he's attentive, that he's strong, and that he knows what's good for me. Oh, wow. Glad I was able to do that. And then the fifth one here is, he's always going to be the one in power. So when all of those things are there, and all of that's clear, it is obligatory to, to trust in this person, and to rely on him, to, to, to lean on him, literally, to lean on him. It follows that his soul will find tranquility in his protector, and he will rely on him on account of his abounding former favors and continuous support. This will lead to the strengthening of his trust in him. Okay. The hashish is, and the sixth precondition, which elicits trust or inspires trust, that the affairs of the one who trusts are entirely in the hands of the one in whom he trusts. What does that mean? No one can damage him or benefit him or improve his situation or, or, or shield him from harm, other than this person, other than this one that he's trusting in. Like a slave, a servant who's locked in a dungeon, and that's it, he is completely at the mercy of his master. So 
So when the one who trusts is in the power of the one in whom he trusts in this way, trust in him is more fitting. In other words, what are we saying? Exclusivity. That there are no other people who can come along and help you or hurt you. That the one you're trusting in has exclusive ability to help or hurt the situation. And, and he gives a, a sort of a frightening analogy, but an analogy of the, 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 the slave who's locked in the dungeon. He understands in that situation that he's completely at the mercy of, of the master who put him there, the only one who has the keys, the only one who can decide to let him out, the only one who decides to feed him, to, 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 to take care of him while he's in there, right? So obviously we, we haven't yet gotten to the part where we talk about Hashem. This, this, all of this is talking about, in general, what would need to be in place in order to have trust in someone, something. Um, but just to you know, preview a little bit, obviously when we talk about Hashem, one of the aspects that is unique to Hashem is His totality of control. That Absolute no, absolutely nothing is outside of his domain. And there are no other powers that can commandeer running the universe from him for even a moment or even in one tiny area of, of life. The, I mentioned yesterday the Sicha from Lakuti Sicha's Chelek uh, Lamed Vav at the very beginning of Chelek Lamed Vav. And I want to encourage everyone again to study that sicha on their own. But over there, the Rebbe points out the words from David Melech from Tehillim. Hashlech al Hashem, Yehovcha, v'hu yechalkelecha. Cast upon Hashem your burden, and, and He will sustain you. That really, what, what is the idea? The idea is that there's no one else who can help you. Hashem is completely in control. And there's nowhere else to place your burdens. So they're already on him. You know, there's the, the old muscle about the, the man who, the old man is walking down the path and the wagon driver sees him and he, sees, he says, old man, you know, it's not fair, it's not nice, you know, that uh, you're walking like this. Get on my wagon and I'll give you a ride to the town. So the old man gets on the wagon, he's sitting on the wagon, the whole time he's sitting there he has his peckle over his shoulder. And uh, for a while, uh, the driver just sort of, you know, watches and waits. But then eventually the driver says to the old man, why are you holding your, your bag like this? You could rest better if you just put it down on the floor of the wagon. And the old man says to the wagon driver, oh, that's very kind of you, but it's enough that these horses are pulling my weight. I should add to their weight and they should pull my bag as well. It's okay, I'll carry my bag. What do you mean? <laughs> the horses are pulling you and your bag. The fact that the bag is over your shoulder and not on the floor doesn't make the weight any heavier for the horses. The horse is already pulling everything. They're pulling you, they're pulling your bag. So why are you also pulling it? What it means is he's already carrying the burden. It's already his burden. So realize that everything is under his domain. And, 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 and there, there are no other forces that have any control or any influence whatsoever.
So that's something to think about when we talk about uh, you know this sixth condition, which is um, the complete control. That uh, like Rebbeinu Bechaya says, kulei maser that the person's affairs are entirely given over to the hands of the one in whom he trusts. Okay, let's do the seventh aspect or condition that needs to be met in order to have trust. Okay. Vehashvias and the seventh. Sheya Mishabatahalov Betahas Hanidivas Vahasid, the one in whom he trusts is absolutely generous and kind. Now you're gonna say, hold on, that was the first one. Remember the first one was what was it? Harachmim Vahamla Vahava. Remember when I told you about my, my thesaurus? Okay. So what, what's the seventh one? How is it different? He's ultimately uh, generous and kind. But follow this. To the one whom it's fitting to be generous to, as well as the one to whom it is not fitting or not deserved to be generous toward. In other words, again, we're not, we're not yet talking about how this all applies to Hashem, but if Hashem were only kind to those who are worthy, it would be very hard to start having betochen because who, who is worthy? But the seventh condition is that the one in whom we're trusting is, is generous and kind even to those who are unworthy. Vitiya and his generosity is constant. His kindness is uninterrupting, continuously, without, without fail, without interruption. Okay. If someone has all of these qualities we've spoken about, so all of the preconditions of betochen are met in that person, and therefore it follows logically. If someone, where or where could we find someone that lives up to all seven of these qualities. If someone indeed lives up to all seven of these qualities, then logically it follows, we must conclude, then one who recognizes this is obligated to put his trust in him, to be tranquil because of him, outwardly and inwardly. Belibai in his heart, Beivadov in his limbs, meaning emotionally as well as practically in his actions. Limase elov, Velirtseis bigzeiraisov, Vladun eisei letayv bechol dinov umafalov. To submit to him, to accept his decrees, and to judge him favorably in all of his laws and actions. If indeed anyone would live up to all of these seven preconditions. Now, that's not the end of chapter two. We're gonna continue chapter two, and we are going to see 
how all of these conditions are embodied in Hashem. But just for review, we have seven conditions. One is that he is compassionate, right? Compassionate, empathetic, loving, all, all of our synonyms. Two, he pays attention. He's not neglectful. He's not ignoring me, right? He's, he's, he's focused. Three, he's strong. He has the ability to do what he wants to do. Four, he knows. He knows what's good for me. And not just what's good for me now. What's going to be good for me down the road. He can see. He's a fortune teller. Five, he's the only one who has the ability to help or hurt my situation. Six is, or rather, five was, he's in control from the very beginning. Yeah, okay. Five was, he's the one who's in control from the very, very beginning of my life until the very end, and that there's no changing of the guard, no regime change. Six is, he is the only one who has control. He has total control. Maybe I would say five is, he has constant control, and six is, he has complete control. Constant and complete, okay? That's five and six. And seven is that he's not just kind, like we said in number one, but even to those who are undeserving, even when we didn't earn it. And if someone has all seven of those conditions, then logically we must conclude that this would elicit in us complete trust. Okay, we are going to continue tomorrow night with the rest of chapter two.